How's everybody doing tonight? There we are. You were almost there. I'm going to give you another shot here in just a second. But hey, uh, if you did hear Terrence announce, we do an informational uh, meeting tonight for the missions trip in April to the Dominican Republic. Uh, If you are interested in that, want to go on that missions trip, um, that meeting is tonight right after service. Uh, We're going to be meeting. There's a conference room right here. And uh, so if you go out into the foyer to the right, take another right, and it's the conference room right there. And uh, that'll be right after service. If you've never gone on a missions trip, uh, if you're just slightly curious, um, I'm just telling you, just at least go to the meeting and just see what it would take to go on a missions trip. Uh, what could it look like for you? Because I'm just telling you, missions trips are life-changing experiences. If you've never been on one, it's worth exploring. So that's going to be happening. So that's good stuff. Well, how's everybody doing? That was a little bit better. I'm going to give you a shot here in a second. All right. So uh, I got another, just a few more announcements. Uh, tomorrow, we are going to be doing a door hanging event again tomorrow. Uh, so we just had our second of uh, mailers go out. And so we're going to go back out into the community and hang some more door hangers. If you joined us uh, a couple weeks ago, a month ago or so, uh, we went out and hung out a, a couple thousand between both campuses uh, in our communities. And so we're going to be going out tomorrow, both campuses. Uh, we'll have uh, some coming from here, uh, from Newport News, even help us out. And so that's going to be happening uh, tomorrow at 10 o'clock. It's just going to be a quick abbreviated. We're just going to get out there and knock it out. If we have a good number of people show up, um, it doesn't take long. And so we've got everything mapped out, targeted and all that stuff. And so if you can help us out tomorrow, all the information is on our website at citylifeva.com backslash Williamsburg. Uh, or you can check it out on Facebook, on our Facebook page, which speaking of, we got everything fixed. So you need to check in tonight uh, on our Facebook page uh, saying that you're here uh, at City Life on Saturday night at this location. Get the word out there. So we got that fixed. Just wanted to let you know. So so we've got that going on tomorrow. I do want to give you some full disclosure just so you know, and it's nothing I could do about it. Um, the church recently bought me some tickets to go see the Dolphins destroy the Redskins. And that's happening tomorrow. And so that was uh, after we had planned this event. And so I was, I was even, this, things have been so crazy. And I've just been like not even realizing the timing of everything. And so I won't actually be at the door hanging event tomorrow. But Michelle and Terrence will be and all of that stuff. I'm going out later this week to do some door hangings myself. So if you would like to join me, you can't make it tomorrow. But you'd like to go another day this week, let me know. Uh, you can Facebook me or email me or call me. Um, or I'm going to put on Facebook where I'm going to be at. And I'd love for you to join me. Um, but that is going to be happening this week, and um, I'm going to be watching the Redskins lose their first game of the season, and that's going to be great. So, Also, too, just want to let you know that house party is going to be changing uh, with the school year, uh, moving, uh, starting, and, and some things happening with the kids' schedules and, and other different uh, people's schedules. So uh, it's going to be moving to Tuesday nights, and it's going to be the first and the third Tuesday of every single month. So that's going to be happening this week. So this Tuesday night is house party. Same place, same time. Um, It's just going to be on Tuesday nights instead of Thursday nights. Does that sound good? How's everybody doing tonight? There we go. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Ricky helped you guys out a lot right there. So, all right. Last announcement is next week is the week that we've been mailing about. It's been, it's the week that we've been putting up information on our Facebook and on our website. You've been telling people about, but next week is our first public Saturday night service. So we're going to have all of our signs out. We're going to be doing all the big stuff next weekend. And uh, we're looking forward to having all of your beautiful smiling faces here. If you do not see somebody here tonight that normally is here, you make sure you call them, drag them by the ear, do whatever 
whatever you can to get them here next weekend. And uh, do everything you can to bring somebody, right? I'm asking everybody bring somebody, all right? And if that means you go through Starbucks and you go through the line and say, hey, who's getting off in five minutes? I'll buy your dinner if you go to church with me. Do whatever you can to bring somebody to church, all right? Um, so, so next weekend, we got that going on. And we're going to be starting a brand new sermon series next weekend. It's going to be called Watch Your Mouth. And uh, I'm super excited about the sermon series. We've been working on it now for a few months. And uh, I, we're working on it. Uh, both campuses are going to be doing it. We're going to have several of us speaking um, on this throughout the next six weeks. And it's just going to be a great sermon series talking about the power of our words. Oftentimes we don't realize the words that we speak directly impact our circumstances and our situations. And that if we can learn how to control our words, our situations could actually be dramatically different. And we short circuit our future oftentimes by the things that we allow to come out of our mouth. And so it's going to be a powerful, powerful sermon series. So make sure you're telling people about it, inviting people. We've got uh, sermon invite cards. It's something we've never done before. So little cards out there you can hand to friends. Um, We've got new reach cards with a new address on there. So grab those, load your pockets up, load your car up. Uh, just have them everywhere you can just to tell people about church and invite them to church. Does that sound good? Good stuff. How are you doing tonight? That's what I'm talking about. All right, there we go. All right, let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here tonight. And God, thank you for allowing us to be in your presence. Thank you, Father, that you've already spoken to us. You've already encouraged us. God, we've been strengthened in your presence. And Father, we pray, Lord, that as we dive into your word, that you speak to us, that you guide us, that your Holy Spirit lead us into a deeper place with you. God, may you help us as a church to step into the things that you have for us. God, I pray for each and every one of us in this room tonight, God, that we just need to be encouraged by you that that will happen. For each person that just needs you to speak to them just so that they know that you are with them. God, I pray that that happened in these next few moments. Lord, we thank you so much for that. And we thank you, Lord, that the Redskins are really just that bad this year and that our first game is going to be super easy. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, how many of you, you've ever been in a situation uh, where maybe you were a little bit upset or maybe you were just having a little bit of fun and you just made a big, dramatic exit? Right? You just like, you're in the middle of a conversation with your spouse, maybe. Let's go ahead and go there. And it got a little bit heated. And before you even let them finish their sentence, you just walked out of the room and shut the door behind you. Have you ever been there? Have you ever made one of those moments happen? Come on, let's be honest, right? Let's be real, all right? You've had one of those moments. You know, me, when I was way younger and way, way, way more immature. I would hang up on Michelle sometimes just to make a point, right? Because an abrupt ending, doesn't it just make a difference? It makes a statement, doesn't it? When there's an abrupt ending, when something just, all of a sudden you just think the conversation's going one way and you think, okay, we're gonna get through this and all of a sudden, bam, it's over. And you're like, I don't know if we're ever gonna get through this, right? It's a lot of power, it's good. It makes you wonder what's happening, but abrupt endings can make a dramatic point. So I believe this is something that James is doing. And tonight we're going to be in James chapter 5. And I think James has an abrupt ending to his epistle. And there's many discussions about this. And many theologians look at it. And they've uh, speculated many different things. And we're going to get into it tonight, what I think James is doing. And some people feel like we maybe we lost some of the transcript. But I think James, as we walk through a little bit of James chapter 5 tonight, we're going to see that James is making a point, And I think he uses this abrupt ending to make a dramatic point 
to impress us, to encourage us, to say, hey, listen, I want you to hear something loud and clear. So that's what he's speaking to us tonight. So we're going to be in James chapter 5. I'm going to be reading from my Bible. We'll have it up on the screen. You can also follow along in the Bible app, so the notes are on there. Uh, A lot of different ways for you to check all of that out. So James chapter 5, starting in verse 13. It says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. I just want to let you know, but as we go a little bit further here in a second, we're going to be doing that moment during worship a lot more. It's going to become more of a regular habit and practice for us. I'm just telling you, how many believe that God answers prayers? Right? I'm just telling you, in a moment like that when we're worshiping, if you come up and say, God, I need your touch, God can drastically intervene and supernaturally, miraculously change your situations. I've seen God do insane things just through people coming together and saying, God, we need your touch. So I'm just telling you, step out into those moments. Verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. I love James because I'm named James and I'm the fourth James in my family. But I also love James because James is a lot like me, right? Uh, James is somebody who kind of just seemingly jumps around when he's talking. I mean, when you read through James, you're just like following, following, following. What? What are you talking about now? Where did you just land, right? So, I mean, you just go through and he's just talking about, let's pray, let's pray. Oh, and Elijah, pray for rain. What does it have to do? Okay, all right, maybe I can do it. Then all of a sudden he's just like shifts gears and he's like, hey, if any of you have walked away from God and then he just gets done, he's like, boom, done. End the letter, here you go, go, right? And you're just like, cool, all right, wonderful. <laughs> all right, let's, let's try to make sense of this, James. So just to make a little bit of sense of this, let's get a little bit of James is not just an ADD person like me who just kind of wanders around in conversation. I think he's making a very profound point. So let's go back a little bit in James chapter 5, verse 7. I don't have this on the screen, so you're just going to have to trust that I'm reading from the Bible. But it says this in verse 7. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and the spring. Then they eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance, 
you can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. And then James just kind of does what James does in verse 12. But most of all, my dear brothers and sisters, never take an oath. Most translations say don't swear by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. And so we look at this, and it seems like James is just kind of like, I'm wrapping up a letter, and I got a lot I got to say, so I'm just going to plug some stuff in here. I don't think that's what James is doing at all. I think James is actually building to a point that he's trying to make, and he's trying to open our eyes to a greater reality of what's taking place here. I think in verses 7 through 12 that James is talking to us about understanding and having patience and trusting God in his will and sovereign plan for us in the midst of difficult times. He's just saying, listen, like, there's all kinds of stuff that's going on, and there's so much that I could tell you, and there's so many examples I could give you, but I just want you to see, like, just be patient and just trust God. Like, just, just know and just understand that God's going to work things out, and then he's going to take care of things. Like, just look at all the people that we know of in Scripture. Look at the stories that they have. I mean, look at Job. Nobody can say they have it worse than Job, and Job was patient, and he trusted God. Like, just be patient. And then he's like, hey, and don't swear. And you're just like, okay, Man, but it makes me feel better sometimes when I do that, right? In the moment when things are tense, you know? And he's just like, don't swear. What he's saying is, it's like, listen, be careful in moments. When you feel like life is just overwhelming and you feel like your situations are just too much for you to handle, be careful in those moments to not get impatient. Be careful in those moments to, 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 to trust God and to, to be encouraged that God is in control and that he's working things out. Be careful. Be so careful that you're careful in thinking about what you're going to say about those situations. In the message translation, it puts verse 12 this way. And since you know that he cares, let your language show it. Don't add words like, I swear to God, to your own words. Don't show your impatience by concocting oaths to hurry up, God. Just say yes or no. Just say what is true. That way your language can't be used against you. See, what James is saying is, he's just saying, he's like, listen, you're going to have all kinds of situations that are difficult. You're going to have all kinds of things that you're going to face that are just going to make you say, I don't know what's happened. There's going to be moments where you just want to say, God, would you do something? Would you just hurry it up? There's going to be moments where you're like, God, I will do this, and I will do this, and I will do this, and I will do this. And you're going to start listing all those things off, and you're going to make oaths, and you're going to go to your wife, and you're going to say, hey, listen, I need to do these things in my life. And if I don't do it, then you have the right to smack me or to yell at me or to take away the remote. You know, and you're going to go through, and you've got all of these things. You know, um, you're like, man, that dude's got a messed up family, right? <laughs> Your wife can smack you. That's one of your consequences. Maybe. So you go through and you've got all of these things and you're saying, I I wish, and you start adding all these different things. Or you go through and you're just like, I wish this was different. I swear, I, I, I can't handle this anymore. James is saying, be careful with your words. Be understanding that God is in control. Be patient and listen. Just know that God is in control. See, what James is saying to us is, is James is saying, listen, the natural expression of the Christian life should be God-focused. That everything that we do and always that we should be focused on God. That in the worst of moments, in the best of moments, that we should be focused on God. See, James says, listen, there's going to be all these things. Be patient. Don't swear. Don't add. Don't do all of this stuff. Just 
trust God. And then he says, here's how you trust God. If you're sick, then pray. If you got good things going on, then sing praises. He's saying, listen, in all of your life, in every single way, in the bad moments, in the good moments, be God-focused in all that you do. And it's just, he's like giving these examples. Like, here's just two examples, but it's in every single way. The way that you're living your life, whether you're, you're, you're asleep or whether you're awake, whether you're enjoying pleasure or whether you're in pain, whether you are experiencing prosperity or whether you're just in the absolute just bottom pits, you don't have a penny to your life. In any of those things, live your life God-focused. Be committed to God. Be aware of God. Sense that he's there. Trust him and obey him. Look to him in joy. Look to him in peace. Look to him with waiting and excitement. See, so he goes on in verse 17 and 18. He starts talking about Elijah. And you're just, you know, you can like, okay, what is he fitting in here? He's saying, listen, if you're patient, if you trust God is in control, if you trust that God's working all things out, If you be careful and you watch even how you speak, you don't let yourself get to a place where you feel like you have to convince God. If you can trust God, you you don't get yourself to a place where you feel like you have to earn something from God. If you can trust God and see that he's sovereign, that he has a plan, that he has a purpose, that he's working things out, if you can trust him and you can just believe that everything's okay, And in moments when things are difficult and things are challenging, that you just go to God and and you just pray. I've had several instances this week where people are going through things and they just call me and we just took some time to pray. See, our Christian life is supposed to be those moments where we get into the midst of something and we don't just walk around and gripe and complain and grumble and murmur and do all those things. That is our natural tendency. But as a follower of Christ, as somebody who's committed their life to Christ, our natural response should be, that's a bummer. Man, that's really difficult. Maybe you do have a swear word or something that you throw in there, but your heart is, you say, I know that God is in control. I know that he's working things out. I'm gonna trust God. And even in this situation that makes absolutely no sense to me, I know that he's gonna work some things out. But I can sense in my heart that I'm discouraged. I can sense in my heart right now that I'm frustrated. I can sense that something's not right. So you reach out to somebody and say, hey, let's pray right now. Maybe you're in a situation where everything's going great and you've got all kinds of good things happening, right? You've got a promotion at your job and you've got a raise. And and then all of a sudden at the same time, your mortgage company calls and says, hey, we're going to drop your rate, you know, and so you're going to be saving money. We're going to mail you a check. And then your kid comes home and like, hey, I got honor roll. And, you know, you're just like, dude, things are awesome. You know, like you're just having fun. It's just a great week. Like in those moments, remember and be God focused in your life. Don't forget God in those moments and don't ignore God or be discouraged or or doubt God in the moments of difficulties and trials. If you live that way, if you are committed to that, if you understand that God is with you and you trust him to that level, then what he is saying here in in, in this verse, when he talks about the illustration of Elijah, what he's saying to us is, is our closeness to God opens up his working through us. That our proximity to God, where we are in our God, our relationship to him, the time that we spend with him, our desire and our faith in him, it opens us up for God to work through us. And so you look at situations that you're encountering, you look at things that are going on, you look at things that you're wondering about, 
the question isn't can God or would God? The question is, is do I trust God to do it through me? Am I willing to take the time and be patient and allow the situation to work itself out? Am I willing to trust that what God's doing right now is what's best for me? Am I willing to believe that the things that are taking place in this moment are gonna make me better, draw me closer to God, and make me stronger as a person? The things that I'm encountering right now, whether they're good or bad, are they gonna be things that are gonna help me to see God more clear and celebrate my life in him that much more clear? So he points out Elijah, not because Elijah's perfect, because Elijah wasn't perfect. He points out Elijah because Elijah lived this big, monstrous life. He points out Elijah because the, the Jews at the time, I mean, you just like, you want to talk about like a card, right? A Hall of Fame card that you wanted to have, you know, of the, all the prophets, you know? You're like, you wanted to have that Elijah card, you know? You're just like, dude, you know the things that he did. Do you know the things that he accomplished, right? So he points out Elijah and he's saying, listen, Elijah did all of these things and all of these miraculous things happened through his life. You know why? It's not because Elijah was just special and unique and we'll never be able to experience that. It was because Elijah believed the closer he was to God, the more God would work through him. He trusted and understood that God wants to work through us and that his proximity and faith in God determined how much God was going to do through him. See, Elijah was a normal person just like you and I was, but he was willing to trust God and to look to God and see the things that God wanted to do in him. And he's making this point, James is making this overall point through all of this. He's saying, listen, The things that you're looking for, whether it's power or whether it's purpose or whether it's fulfillment or whether it's provision, all of those things, you want the miraculous working in your lives, that is all the result of your intimacy of your life and God's. It's all the result of the amount of time that you spend with God, connecting with him, serving him, trusting him. And though all of the moments when you get into a situation where you just want to throw something, instead you say, God, I trust you and I look to you. Or you say, God, I just threw something, forgive me, and now I want to trust you, right? You get into those moments where you say, God, I want to look to you. You guys get a little bit of worried look on your face when I just be honest with you. It's, it's all right for me to be honest, right? Right? Okay, all right, good. All right, because you guys get a little bit of fear. You're just like, uh. <laughs> right. So like in those moments, you just trust God, and he is going to be with you in those moments and those situations. If we can live in a place where we're aware of how active God is in our own lives, then we're able to step out in faith to the things that he wants us to do. Earlier when we were singing that song, You Make Me Brave, there are things in my life that when I sing that song, I'm just looking at it and it's like, I know what you want me to do. I feel like what you're calling me to. And I know that you're, you're gonna strengthen me to do it. You're gonna equip me to do it. You're gonna encourage me to do it. But I don't have it within me. Right? And so I sing that song, you make me brave. And I'm like singing it like, please, you're going to make me brave. Right? It's not about this moment. All of a sudden we're just, I'm sitting in a chair and the God's like, okay, finally you sing loud enough. You know? Which would be awesome if he just like threw something like that. So, but it's not what it does. Right? God wants us to have this relationship with him. He wants to have this deep, intimate connection with him where we're walking on a regular basis saying he's God, he's in control. I'm trusting him, I'm believing him. He's working all things out. 
And as we do that, as we get more and more aware of those things, we move into this place where God begins to do the miraculous through us. He begins to work out these things in us, and we see ourselves doing things that other people go, holy cow, look at them. Man, look at God's doing through them. And you're like, he could do it through you. And they're like, oh, there's no way. I haven't done this. And do you know what I just said the other night? And do you know what I, you know, and you go through all these different things. And it's about a shift of your attitude. It's about a shifting of your understanding of who God is. That God loves you. That God sees you. That God wants to be in a relationship with you. And he doesn't just want you to get this check or get this hall pass or to get even like a, a necklace or a hat or something like that that says, I'm team Jesus. He wants you to have all of that stuff. He wants He wants you to feel great. He wants you to feel loved and encouraged. He wants you to know that you are his. He wants you to walk through life, and he wants you to be able to sing some of the psalms where you say, man, God protects me, and I can't even, you know, like, get hurt. I was reading the psalm this morning where it's just like, you're going to crush lions and walk on cobras, and and nothing, you know, even your foot won't even get hurt. You know, I'm like, that would be awesome. You know, and you're just like, you, you go You go through and you're just like, man, I wish that was my life. I wish that was my place. It is all about you just trusting God now. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, God, you're in control. God, I'm sick. I'm just tired of this. I'm tired of, of, of the way I feel. And my body is just, man, it's just broken. And I just can't then you go and say, God, fix this. God, I need your touch. God, I need you. You go to him and you lift him up and say, you are the one that I need. Does that make sense? That if we do that, if we're committed to that, then it moves from places of, I'm sick, I just need this. It moves us into places and saying, hey, I think that God is telling me this about you, Alex. And I just want you to know that God spoke this just to me. And then all of a sudden you start speaking and a complete stranger, all of a sudden they're just weeping because you're speaking right to them because something supernatural is happening. Or maybe something even bigger happens. All of that is possible through each one of our lives. God doesn't want us just to live a passive life as somebody who's just like, yay, I was team Jesus and nothing really happened. He wants us to live a life that is an outward expression of what we're experiencing on the inside. He wants us to live a life that we say, I know who God is. I'm connected with him. Man, there's moments and situations in my life where things look like they're impossible. But man, everything on the inside is good. I'm happy. Things are working out. Man, it looks like a mess on the outside, but God's in control. And then when things are going really good, you're not like, yeah, look what I did. Look what I accomplished. You say, dude, I'm a mess. I have no clue how all this stuff's happening right now other than God. And you give God praise. When you live that way, God will and wants to do the miraculous through you. And then what happens is, is all of this becomes a reality. All of this begins to take place in every single one of us. We begin to see and understand what James is doing. He's saying, trust God, be patient, guard your words. Be, to be so aware that, that, that when you desire in every way to be connected with God and be close to God, that when you live that way and you call out to God and you're God-focused in all that you do, God's going to start doing the miraculous in you and you're going to start sensing, sensing something divine and supernatural just happen in your life. You're going to be filled up like a volcano and you're just going to erupt. And so as we talk about Last week, and as I talk about inviting people to church and and sharing the reach cards and doing all those things, I I know for me, I sit there and I've, I've listened to the sermons, I've preached the sermons, and I've been like, man, that would be fantastic. I would love to do that. 
It's not about having the right tools. It's not about having the right approach. It's not about having the right words to say or even the right strength or the right moment. It's not like it has to be 72 degrees and sunny and then you've got $100 just to slide to somebody, right? It's about you just saying, I've just been spending so much time in God's presence. I'm so aware of who he is. I'm so aware of his activity in my life that you can't hold it in any longer and you just have to express and to share with people. Because what God wants us to see, what he wants us to know is, is that he wants to use you, he wants to use me as an agent of grace in this world. He wants us to express and to communicate the things that are happening in our lives. He doesn't just want us walking around just saying, yeah, I mean, I believe, you know, God's going to do something one day, maybe. He wants us walking and communicating and sharing a depth and a truth of saying things are a mess. But can I tell you, I've never been closer to God than I am right now. Man, things are awesome. There's not a thing going wrong in my life right now. Can I just tell you, I've never been closer to God and it has nothing to do with all of that stuff. In fact, I'm realizing how small those things are because God's just so big in my life right now. When that's our understanding, when that's our perspective, when we're living that way, he begins to do the miraculous. and We can't help but express and to share and to become an agent of grace in this world because you're sharing everything that you're experiencing and you have this greater sense of who he is and what he's called you to do. Because what's happening is the vertical love of you and God is beginning to spill out into your ability to have a horizontal love of you and others. And that's the way God works it out. That's the way God wants it to be. That's the flow that he wants to have in our lives. And so this is not a if you then type of situation. Because a lot of times we get into that, into Christianity, right? We get into that in the church, especially even nowadays, a lot of times in our churches. If you do this, then God's going to do this. And that's not this type of situation, right? What we're saying here is, is when, when you spend time with God, when you follow God this way, when you trust this God this way, when you do these things, God does this stuff. God works in this way. God begins to encourage you and strengthen you. And God begins to open your eyes to what he wants you to do. How many of you guys, you're avid news watchers? Anybody out there? No? All right, there's three of us, four of us. All right, that's good. Fantastic. Great. Then none of you have any clue what's going on in the world, so I'm going to make up an awesome story right now. Here we go. <laughs> now, so I, whether you watch the news or whether you watch it on Facebook or not, how many of you saw the instance where um, they, they uh, tried to sh- save that shark in Cape Cod? Did anybody see that? You see that video or anything like that? So there's a video. You can look it up on YouTube. So there's this great white shark that washed up on the shore in Cape Cod. And all of these people, I mean, literally hundreds of people, they rushed to this great white shark. I mean, this thing's massive, and it's like thralling around on the, you know, on the sand right there. And these people are like stealing buckets from their children and throwing water on this shark, you know. And, and literally just hundreds of them start digging this trench from where the shark is. I mean, he's probably 30 feet, 40 feet inland, and he's like way up there, and they're digging this massive trench and they're filling up with water. I mean, it's just massive. This, this, all of a sudden, it's just like literally in an instant, people see it, and then people flood, and it's just like all, it's like ants. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's amazing. It's like, why can't people work together like this all the time? You know, like, it's a shark, and it's, yeah, wow, this is awesome. And you watch the video, it's crazy. So they start doing all this different stuff. They build the trench, they're throwing water on the shark, and then they drag the shark all the way into the ocean. 
And people are cheering and they're erupting. And this video goes viral. It's all over Facebook and Twitter. It's all over the news channels. I mean, CNN, they were just like, oh, forget about the presidential race. There was a shark, right? And so like, you know, like, I mean, it's just like, it was just crazy. Like all this stuff was taking place. And I was sitting there, I was watching it. I was like, man, don't we love a dramatic rescue? I mean, it's a shark. I mean, has it for all summer long? We've been like anti-shark right? I mean, it's been like, they're eating everyone in America, you know? It's like, I, I literally just saw yesterday, I saw a headline, is it more great whites circling the East Coast than ever before? And I'm like, really? How do we know that? I mean, it's like the sharks are coming out to get us, you know? So it's like, we're anti-shark, but then all of a sudden, there's something in our human nature, we just love to be a part of a dramatic rescue. We, we love to do it. I just typed in dramatic rescues on YouTube, I mean, just thousands of videos of people getting saved from burning cars and people getting saved from burning buildings and, and floods. And, and, and there was actually a lot of sharks being rescued videos, right? <laughs> it was pretty impressive. So like all of this different stuff, we love being part of a dramatic rescue. I love watching the interviews of people after they've just saved somebody's life from a burning car. They saved somebody's life, you know, from, from a massive flood. And you hear them talking. You can almost sense the adrenaline just pumping in their veins as they talk about what they just experienced and what they did. And as great as those moments are, as exhilarating as those moments are, even just to watch on TV, God wants you to be a part of something that is far greater and has a deeper impact and that it's a bigger rescue than even somebody being pulled from a burning car. God wants to work through you, and he wants to work through me to be an agent of grace so that we can rescue people from the pits of hell, so that they can know life and know eternal life in Jesus Christ. As exhilarating as those moments are, they fail in comparison to the moments of leading somebody to Jesus and seeing their life transformed. James is saying, listen, I want you to understand you're supposed to live your life God-focused. You live your life God-focused by being careful, being patient, trusting God, going to him in all things, lifting up your voice in prayer, lifting up your voice in praise, being focused on him. When you do that, you see and sense God doing something miraculous in you. You see all of these things beginning to take place in you, and then you begin to see the need that's in front of you. You begin to see how big it is. You begin to see how pressing it is. You begin to see all the things that are happening in people's lives. And he's saying to you, listen, I want you to go and to reach people. I want you to go and to share the gospel with people. James ends with this. Verse 20. As you can be sure of this. You can be sure that whoever brings a sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. I know oftentimes we get into a place where we say, man, I don't know if I could tell somebody about Christ. I, just doing evangelism, it's tough. It, it's hard. And one of the biggest things that reasons that it's hard is is because we're unsure of God's activity in our life and we're worried that it's not gonna be successful when we step into the moment. James is saying, when you are so sure of the activity of God in your life, you can be sure of this.
that God, since the beginning of time, he's been extending his grace and his mercy to everyone. That he's been extending out all of those things and his grace is not tired yet. His forgiveness of sins has not reached its end. It will never reach its end. You can be sure of this. When you know who God is and you're sharing and expressing the activity of God in your life, you can be sure of this, that no matter who you talk to and no matter what their situation is, no matter how bad it is, no matter how far from God they are, that God can forgive them and God will work through you to reach them for Christ. So we've got all kinds of things that we're doing. We've got things that are happening in our lives as a church right now. We've got the door hanging events. We've got the reach cards. We've got the sermon invite cards. We've got all kinds of different things that are going on that are happening. We've been praying. We've been doing all types of stuff. It's not just so that we can say, whoo, we got more people. It's because we believe that God's called us to be a church to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we are to be a church that stands bold and strong, shoulder to shoulder with other churches saying, look at God and look what God is doing through us. Look what God wants to do in your life and look what God can do in your life. That's what he wants us to do. And so what I'm asking you to do is to do everything you can to experience the life that God wants you to live. So be patient, trust God, be strong, and know that he is with you. Man, that sounds like a bad 90s worship song. You do that by just simply saying, God, I see what you're doing in my life. And when you don't see it, you ask somebody to come into your life to help you to see it. Praise him. Step out into those moments where you can do the smallest of things and watch what God is doing. And as you begin to see God active in your life, using you, wanting to use you, wanting you to do the things that he's called you to do, it gives you a passion and a desire to do it. This week, I'm going to ask you to do this, because I'm going to ask you to join me. I'm going to be fasting this whole week. So I'm going to be taking time after Sunday night, after I eat some of Alex's pork. Um, it's, I'm going to take some time to fast and just pray for this week. I'm going to pray for this Saturday night on the 19th. I don't know what all I'm going to do. I know I'm going to fast food. I'm going to probably fast social media and all of those things. But I just want to be focused on God this week. I'm going to take some time to be up here on Thursday night and Friday night and Saturday before service to pray. If you want to join me, I encourage you to come up here and join me. I'll be here from probably around 7 o'clock or so on each Thursday and Friday nights. I'll be putting on social media. I'll send out an email to you guys this week telling you when I'm going to be here. But if you want to join me, I'm encouraging you to join me. I'm challenging you to step out and to be a part of the door hanging events, whether it's tomorrow or later on this week. I'm challenging you to grab as many reach cards as you can and invite cards. And it's not just so that we can grow the church. It's so that we can advance the gospel in our lives and advance the gospel in other people's lives. It's so that the glory of Christ can be shown in us and through us and so that this world can see who God is in all that he's doing. Matthew Henry says this, He says this, he says, his grace is not tired, nor has it grown weary. Certainly divine mercy is an ocean that is ever full and ever flowing. We've got every reason to trust and to believe that God wants to work through us and can work through us. We've got every reason to trust and believe that God is actively working in us even 
in this moment. James, I think he abruptly ends his epistle. It's as if he's building up this crescendo of excitement as he's writing and as he's talking. And it's like he ends it this way as if he's saying, get to work. I, look at who God is and look at what he's doing. I mean, look what he can do. Look what he wants to do. Look what he's done through other people. And he can do those things and greater things in you and through you. Look at all of that. And while you see that and sense that, know this, that there is work to do. So let's get to work. <laughs>